Hey, this is Gengar Greasy, and you're listening to the Poke Tower Podcast. Hello, welcome to episode 121 of the Poke Tower Podcast. I'm your host, Gengar Greasy. We've got a lot of stuff to cover today. If you're tuning in for the first time, we are a collectibles and trading cards podcast. If you're returning, thanks for coming back. Uh, most of you guys will be watching this Tuesday night, Tuesday night on the 7th of uh, February. Thank you guys for tuning in on Walmart. Or, why did I say Walmart? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> My mind is all over the place. Thank you guys for tuning in. <laughs> Episode 121. Thank you guys for tuning in on YouTube. Where did Walmart? I must have seen an ad for Walmart or something. I don't know. That is a, that's, that's advertising for you. Okay. YouTube crowd, thank you. Uh, if you're listening on a Wednesday morning, good morning. Wake up. <clears throat> All right. We got a lot to talk about today. Keep the intro short. Um, nothing new that we really need to talk about. Um, Big news for a box break. End of February, we'll be talking about that. Still letting some things develop. Once we figure that out, um, then I will go ahead and release that news. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday. We do have a Pickums. We have a Pickums in our Discord. It's just for fun. Um, it's me and um, iTroll. He's uh, one of the newer members, but... um. We're the only two left standing, and since we don't have any picks left because we used them all, we both of us have to pick the Chiefs, so it's going to come down to, um, I think we have to guess the split of who's scoring what. So um, that'll be fun. Um, I might I might get some squares uh, figured out for everyone um, in the Discord. I don't know how, how we'll do it, but we might do a squares, uh, squares pool. For the Super Bowl scores, that'll be fun. I know we did it before, but maybe we'll do it again. I'm not sure. Um, but speaking of that, we do have some sports stuff that I do want to talk about. And we'll, we'll touch on that later on tonight. So that's why I wanted to bring up the Super Bowl, because I think I have some some information that would be useful. Uh, it's it's short fused. So like if you're if you're listening Tuesday night, this is the best time to listen, because uh, I think it's the opportunity is running out very fast. Um, all right, here we go. Let's get on with our TCGs first. We've got TCG Battle Royale. Here we go. I can't believe I said Walmart. I am. That was so funny. Okay, here we go. Number one this week. Not a lot changing here, guys. We're going with Crown Zenith again. Look, not my favorite cup of tea. I'm not going to lie. The cards look great, but I'm getting Hidden Fates, Shining Fates, Champion's Path. Vibes. Like, that's, that's what this is. That's what it looks like to me. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think these cards are better. But uh, as you've seen, with any knockout set that Pokemon does, it ends up actually usually being one of the worst ones in terms of, like, collecting rare stuff everyone has it so it's number one case prices uh, down to 500 bucks which is weird 
because the box prices are up to $67.99. So you're, you would be better off buying 10 boxes at 50 bucks a pop vice one single box at $67.99. Obviously, if you're on 500 bucks, you get the box, but you know what I'm saying. Top four cards in the set, $409.98, which is down from last week. However, there are 24 cards now that break the $15 price point in this set. Um, lots of favorite star characters are on that list, uh, and it's, it's up too. So last week there were 22. This week there are 24. Number two this week. Now this one, this one could very well, I know I've been saying it for the last three weeks now, but Dragon Ball Super Fighters Ambition could be number one next week. I'm watching a few things, um, but it's, it's, it's coming on strong. Case price is the same price as last week, which is uh, $1,070. Box price is down to $94.98, so uh, down just a tad in, in these categories. However, the top four cards in the set are up to $663.84, and that's not just due to the Gohan. The Gohan is up to $330. The evil Saiyan that you have here, Dark Saiyan or whatever that is, that's up to 200. And then the Cell is over 100 as well. So you have three secret rares in this set, one at 300, one at 200, and one over 100. I want to say he was 150, 160 maybe. Um, now a lot of this, for the, for the evil Saiyan, there's a lot of playability that goes into that one um, because people are suspecting with the next set that, you're going to be able to use the secret rare. So, but not only that, but some of the Gohan, remember the uh, the SGRs, those inserts that they have? Those have gone up in price. There's a few that are in the $30 price point, and there's a few that are in the $20 price point. And surprisingly, there's actually a Brawly SPR that is climbing up into the $30 range. So there's a few cards that kind of came out of the woodworks, um, and it's it's probably due to some meta. Um, when they suspect a new set's coming. I don't know for sure, but all I know is that a handful of cards, I mean, you have nine cards in the set now that now break the $15 price point. And, and the cool thing about this is these aren't super hard to pull, right? So you, you can get SPRs, you can get SGRs. Um, now it's, you know, secret rares a little bit harder to get, but you can get those other rarities and pull a decent amount of value. And what you'll see with Crown Zenith is, you know, you got to pull secret rares or alts to get one of the 24 cards that are priced at that $15 price point. So that's the, that's the subtle difference is that the lower rarities in Dragon Ball are going up in value. Whereas even though there are 24 cards in the Crown Zenith set that are above the $15 price point, most of them are secret rares and or alternate rares. There's a few of the Galarian uh, rares, the GG, Galarian Gallery, right? Um, but they're all things that you might pull few and far between. So I'm watching Dragon Ball Super Fighters Ambition. It might have one last push to get in the number one spot. I'm not sold on it yet. However, the market is up on all their best cards. Number three, Digimon Draconic Roar. Case prices are at $691.48. That's up from last week. Box prices are down to 50 bucks. They are now, that's pretty much like wholesale. <laughs> so that's low. Um, top four cards in the set 
$119.89. So that's actually up from last week, just a tad, not much. And then five cards in the set to break the $15 price point. So what happened there was there was four cards last week. I think they added an extra alternate art that made it above the $15 price point. Um, we're just kind of wait. We're just kind of waiting for dimensional phase to show up. Um, BT11. I, I've pretty much said all I can say about this set. Um, it, it's a it's a lower end Digimon set. However, Digimon has been just steady, right? So like even their bad sets are not bad. And I don't want to associate bad with it. It's just like this is just not as flashy as their other sets, and it's still doing okay. Number four. Amazing Defenders. Now this one, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, case prices are down to $599. Box prices are down to $47.39. This is two weeks after it has, it has just released. Uh, top four cards in the set are actually up to $249.72. And there are 17 cards in the set that break the $15 price point. We already talked about this, though. There's 15 of them that are collector rares and two of them that are... Um, ultra rare and or secret rare um now i do think there's some sets coming out in the future that are going to support some of the mechanics in amazing defenders so you could see some of these collector rares go up in value specifically for that but uh if you're not following the meta this is you know that's not a game you want to play um so i'm, I'm leaving it at number four you know, we, we need something better out of Yu-Gi-Oh. <clears throat> All right. Here's the list. We got Pokemon number one, Dragon Ball number two, Digimon number three, and Amazing Defenders for Yu-Gi-Oh at number four. All right, let's get into some Pokemon this week. Here we go. That's the wrong song. Here we go. Who's that Pokemon? All right. Pokemon. So, for those of you that don't know, Kadabra is coming back to the Pokemon card game. This comes like 20 years after it's hasn't had a card printed in its name. Um, which, you know, when, what was it? Vivid Voltage, I think. Was it Vivid Voltage? Uh, I can't get, I can't remember sometimes. I think it was Vivid with the Alakazam that came out. Um, you know, I had high hopes that Kadabra was going to come back. Uh, now I kind of view it a little bit differently. Um, but yeah, 20 years later, Kadabra's coming back. And it had to do with some legal stuff. We're going to get into it here in a second. Um, but I think, I think what's, what's going to happen with the Pokemon community, you know, Kadabra is not a knockout Pokemon. Like, nobody's collecting Kadabras. There are very few Kadabra collectors. A lot of people like Alakazam. Um, but you just don't see it a lot. And it's because he's been gone for 20 years. I, I totally get that. What I'm trying to get at here is be ready. Be ready for the TikTok, Instagram reels, YouTube shorts of, I bet you didn't know this Pokemon was gone for 20 years. Did you know that could have, like, you're going to see a lot of that crap. You might see some pumps in the market. I'm not buying it, right? So, um, it's cool. It's really cool that it's coming back, but don't, don't, don't do don't do a special delivery Pikachu. Don't do the the error Cinderace. Like, don't don't do that because that's that's kind of like what where this is going. Okay, um, so let's go ahead and check out this article here. Uh, this comes from Pokey Beach. Let me see if I got it. Boom, there we are. 
All right. Uh, after 21 years, Kadabra officially returning to the Pokemon TCG. And this is for the new set that they're making called um, Pokemon Card 151. So this is the, the original 151 set, which is good. I'm glad they're bringing them in. Uh, we can now confirm that Kadabra will be returning to the TCG uh, in June. Pokemon Card 151. The cell sheet teases the set, which will feature the original 151. Okay. So the backstory on this. Let me get the backstory on this. Um, Geller. Geller. <laughs> uh, here we go. This guy, Geller, he was, a, he was an illusionist or like a magician, right? So this is a message that uh, this guy sent to Poke Beach. It says, hi, my dear friends. I am pleased Pokemon fans are excited to see Kadabra return to the card game. Look, I want to thank Pokemon fans who reached out to me over the last few years, including the ones from Poke Beach who kept contacting me nonstop. So basically, it was you and my granddaughters that got me to change my mind. Now we can all see Kadabra reunited with the original Pokemon in the card game this summer. I love you all, and I admit, totally open and honest, I was a fool. It was a devastating mistake for me to sue Pokemon. Kadabra was basically a tribute to Yuri Geller. But it's back now. Forgive me. I love you all. Much love and energy. Okay. So Geller is an illusionist known for bending spoons. That's where the Kadabra and the Alakazam, okay? Uh, sued Pokemon in 2000, November of 2000, because Kadabra's likeness uh, to his persona. He first became aware of Kadabra after discovering it on a Pokemon card in Japan, where the Pokemon is named Yungurur, Yungurur a corruption of Yuri Geller. Okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. Due to Geller's legal actions, Kadabra has not appeared on any Pokemon card since 2002. However, Geller changed his mind in late 2020. He sent a letter to Pokemon relinquishing control of Kadabra. Okay. And then there's the letter that they have on here on Poke Beach. I'm not going to go through that. Um, so, Kadabra hasn't been seen on a card since 2002 Sky Ridge. Since then, we've only received one Abra card and one evolving Alakazam in 2007's Mysterious Treasures. To bypass Kadabra, Abra, Abra featured an attack that allowed it to evolve straight into Alakazam. Okay. I didn't know that. That's crazy. <clears throat> Since Mysterious Treasures, the TCG has completely ignored Abra and Kadabra. It's accomplished this with various mechanics to allow fully evolved Pokemon to appear in basic Pokemon. For example, EX and V. All right. You can always, you could say Alakazam has been the poster child for these types of mechanics. Yeah, and that's true. So there's the Alakazam V, and it was a, uh, it is from Vivid Voltage. Okay, cool. Um, and, you know, he's got some cool cards. Don't get me wrong. I, if anyone's, if anyone's value goes up because of this, it's Alakazam. Like, Alakazam's sweet, dude. He's one of the coolest Pokemon. Also, used to be one of the strongest, most OP Pokemon. Um, but, I mean, there's some sick cards here. Alakazam is such a good Pokemon. Uh, we got the Radiant one, Radiant Alakazam, which was recently released. Alakazam, level X. And then the Gold Star Alakazam. Those are nuts. <clears throat> so, there you go. Kadabra's coming back to the game. Um, this is funny. Oh, here, so here's the, here's the actual interview uh, from the year 2000, where Geller was mad. I'm very angry about this. I wouldn't have given permission for an aggressive and, in one case, evil character to be based on me. 
This is not even anything to do with the old question if I'm a magician or a real psychic. It's straight theft of my persona. So this guy was like super butthurt for whatever reason. I mean, come on, dude. Anyways, he's relinquished those things and you know, we're getting a we're getting a cadabra. Um it's pretty cool, you know. I I I am happy that we're getting a 151 set more so than like cadaver being in the 151 set. Um, I'm also happy that this sheds light on Alakazam. So, so like those are the things I'm excited about, uh, you know, and just, just don't be surprised if you see a couple TikTok videos, you know, that are like, Hey, did you know that in Kadabra is going to be printed for the first time in 20 years and blue, and they're all going to copy each other. They're all going to say the same exact thing word for word. And are you going to collect it? Let me know in the comments. Like, you already know. I can't stand that stuff, guys. I can't stand that crap. So, there you go. That's my thoughts on it. Cadaver's coming back. It's great. You're like, it's cool. I, that's one of my favorite evolution lines from 151. Um, it was just so hard to get an Alakazam back in the day when you played Red and Blue. So hard, but it was just a great, I mean, a great experience. And then when you had them, you could just Psybeam and psychic everyone to death like like psychic pokemon were too strong back in the day all right moving on to some digimon this week here we go digimon all right we don't have a lot on this it's been very quiet on the the digimon front um i may have some news for you in the coming weeks with vintage Digimon, but I don't have anything yet, so can't really report on any of that. But we can talk about some new Ultimate Cup prizes. That's not what I wanted you to see. Here we go. There we go. So uh, there's a there's an Ultimate Cup going down. I think it started on Sunday the fifth, and they showed some prize cards you can get, and it's going to be the Graumon or Gigimon line, so uh, Gilmon. You're going to get Gigimon, Gilmon, Graumon, you know, War Graumon. Uh, they inserted a couple Imperial Dramons or Pale Dramons, I think. Um, those are like filler prizes. But uh, the, the, big, the big kahuna is this Gallantmon Crimson Mode. Now, I think it's a great looking card. I think it's sick. Uh, the reason I made this segment today is because I just... Observing, you know, where, where Digimon has gone. And it's it's clear that the game is definitely more competitive than it is collectible at this point, which is good. You, you need to be carried on the backs of players to make anything big. Um, but I, I think if you go out and you get this Gallantmon Crimson Mode, you need to be an absolute nut for this card. Much like I am with Omnimon. Like it has to be your favorite guy you got to commit to the value of this card because it's going to be very expensive. And uh, there's nothing wrong with very expensive. But in terms of growing your collection, and I know we've talked about this before, where, hey, you can buy trophy cards, grade them, sell them for big money. That's just kind of not... It's not the case with Digimon in terms of, like, volume. So, yeah, you know, we may get a good prize card sell every here and there that are graded. But they're few and far between, and you may be holding an asset like this for a year, maybe maybe even longer. Um, and you look at the market here for previous Ultimate Cup cards, promos, you know, and prizes. Uh, 
Uh, these are what this is what you're looking at. You know, you got Imperial Dramon Fighter Mode. It's about a thousand bucks. You got the Imperial Dramon Paladin Mode, which is listed at 15k, and there's only a handful of those out because that's the the that's the prize, right? Uh, and then you have the Omnimon uh, Ultimate Cup, which that's not the uh, Evo Cup one, but the Ultimate Cup at 3,500. So you, I, I would expect you're going to see this Gallantmon Crimson Mode probably between the prices of Omnimon and Imperial Dramon Paladin. So anywhere from 3,500 to 15,000. And to be honest, I would love to have one of those cards. Don't get me wrong. But what I could do with $15,000 with one card, I could do tenfold with a bunch of different other cards. So like to me, you know, I, I guess it depends with what, you know, what you'd want to do it to you really got to believe in these cards. And I just don't think this is okay. This is where I'm kind of going. Does anyone think, does anyone think the Digimon card game will be around in 10 years? That's what we got to ask ourselves. Will it be around in 20 years? And then you have to ask yourself, okay, well, who would be buying these trophies if we make it that far in the future? And I, today I was just asking myself, you know, and I couldn't think, like, you know, whoever buys these cards, these are very short-term. And, and short-term, I mean anywhere from six months to, like, maybe, maybe 18 months. And then I don't know after that. Uh, it's hard to forecast it because this is a new game. It's not like it's an old game. That's still thriving, much like Pokemon, right? So those original trophies for Pokemon were from back in the day. Those aren't new trophies. Now, there are newer Pokemon trophies that do well, but they don't hold a candle to the prices that Digimon's asking for. Um, so, you know, and, and I, think, I think modern trophies do well in modern times. But I also think that it takes you... When I, when I say do well, I think... When you finally make the sale, you'll make some money if that's what you wish to do. But you have to find a suitor. And I think that's very hard to do with Digimon. And then I think it's even harder to do with this price range. You're, you're like, so you're, you know, Pokemon, you got this giant ocean of people that would be willing to buy something like that. Digimon, you have like a pond. And then within that pond, who can even afford it? And then you have like a puddle. You know what I mean? So very, very small group of people that you would actually be able to get this card to um it's tough i guess you could say i don't have an idea where pokemon or digimon's going in the future and that makes me hesitant to invest in something that expensive all right moving on to dragon ball this week here we go All right, you guys see it there. Supreme Rivalry, we got a special rare of Gohan on the front there. What are we talking about? Like, we always, you know, we always talk about Supreme Rivalry. We always talk about, you know, value updates. And there's there's usually not a lot of news for Dragon Ball. I get it. It's a little slow. Um, but this, this was kind of different. Um, and the reason why is because I think this, what I'm going to show you today is a great example, is almost a perfect example 
of how most people should be running their trading cards business. Uh, you'll see a lot of newer collectors. They go for the high ticket items and they try to sell the high ticket items. Well, unfortunately, everyone else and their mom is also doing that. So you're like, if you're not a well-known seller, you can't compete with the big, the big dogs. And, you know, every once in a while you might get a bone throw your way, but it's not going to be at the level you wished. And what I'm about to show you is what I think is what more people need to focus on when it, turn, when it comes to buying raw cards, grading them, and gaining value in those cards. Um, I think a lot of people are getting got. They buy a Giratina for, I don't know, the same price as a PSA 9. They grade it. They didn't gain any value because it got a PSA 9 and they had already bought it at the price of PSA 9. Then they sell it and then after fees and all that stuff, they lose money. That's the, that's the most common trend I see with people. They're trying to hit home runs too often. And I think if you want to become a successful collector who can sell cards at a high level, you have to learn how to hit base hits. Base hits, line drives, grounders. You need to get on base. And everyone's trying to hit home runs. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about this Gohan SPR. And then how that relates to almost any other Dragon Ball SPR there is. Now, you got to have good taste. You got to pick the right cards. Gohan is a great character to start with because a, everyone loves Gohan. This is very easy. And you'll see what I'm talking about. So first, let's go ahead and check out the link here. This is from Bleeding Cool. All this is, is the value watch that we normally do. I want to go scroll straight down to the bottom. So this is for Supreme Rivalry. Uh, here you go. So these are the top cards in Supreme Rivalry. You got the Super Saiyan 3 Go, go Hanks. Um, Secret Rare at $66. You got the Robilu Demigur Secretary at $39. Sin Shenron, $35. These are all Secret Rares. Now, these top three right here, you will see most people try to pick the highest fruit. They're up there reaching and they can't get it and they miss and they end up getting something else, right? They fall out the tree. This would be the high fruit. Everyone's trying to gun for these secret rares, grade them in a 10 and try and get the most out of them. And I get it. It's, it's lucrative. It can be. But most beginners and most intermediates are not good enough to do that time and time again. One of the most cost-efficient ways <laughs> to do this would be to find the cards that no one's really paying attention to and the ones that are extremely cheap raw because the lower your costs are, the more potential profit you have after you grade it. I want you to go down to the bottom here. This right here is probably the strongest character on the list and probably the coolest card on this list. So you have King Vegeta's Imposing Presence. I have that card. It looks great. Not as cool as a Gohan. You got uh, Majin Buu, Assault the Agents of Destruction. Again, Majin Buu's great card. Not going to hold a candle to this Gohan artwork. I mean, look at this Gohan. That is one of the cooler cards that we get. And if you look here, it's the number 10 card on the list. It is the cheapest card on this list at $7.42. That's Sun Gohan Super Saiyan 2. 
Astonishing Strike SPR. You can get it for $7.42. Now I'm going to show you some math here. Check this out. I went to tcgplayer.com and uh, you can you can see that a near mint copy is 843. Uh, that's what I rolled with. You can see that I don't know if you guys got the news, but PSA is actually doing another $15 special for February. And you need to have that sub in. You need to have your paperwork done by February 28th or 29th. Um, and then you can submit 30 days after that. Or you can send 30 days after that. Um, so $15 a card. This is one of those great cards that falls within that $15 uh, grading range. Uh, and you win all day. So if you, look at, if you look at our chart right here, our cost chart. Let's, uh, the average price, by the way, the average price for this Gohan in a PSA 10 is $57.50. Now, you're probably thinking like, well, it's not guaranteed you always get a PSA 10. You're right. Part of the game is being good at grading cards. That's a big part. However, if you're a beginner and you're not good at grading cards, Dragon Ball Super has one of the highest gem mint rates out of any of the TCGs. So if you're just decent, you got a shot. Okay. That's the first thing. So I did like, it was like seven or eight sales. I think I averaged the price out. It came out to 57.50 for a PSA 10, 57.50 for a PSA 10 SPR that you can buy for seven bucks. Let's say you paid eight, right? So you do $8 plus $15. You're at $23 cost of goods. Okay, those are those are, that's what costed you. That's what it cost you to get this card graded and buy it raw. Now it might be a little bit more. Let's say you're at 25 with taxes, you know, maybe 26, not a big deal. You run those figures yourself. You pay shipping out of pocket. Okay. Like you could sell this card for $57.50 plus free shipping. Because and then take that shipping out later, right? Shipping is five bucks. And then your fees are gonna be 13 cents plus 30 cents or a 13% my bad 13% of the sale plus 30 cents that's usually what it is for most people i got 12% on my store which you know it's kind of significant but for most people they're going to have 13% those fees come out to 775 you're looking at a return of 2175 just hand over fist every time every time and it, and it's because look it's a gohan he is he is the cheapest card on this list, but he kills it on the PSA 10 market. And this, this is the base hits I'm talking about. These are the cards you should be paying for. Like, go hunt these down, you know, because a lot of people say, well, like, with a $500 budget, what can you do? Well, if you buy two secret rares, that's it. You're maxed out. But you could, with 500 bucks, you know, you can buy these cards at $8 a piece, you can buy like almost 50 of them. Now I wouldn't I wouldn't buy 50 copies of Gohan, but what I'm saying is is you could buy 50 different SPRs from Dragon Ball Super that have Gohan, Goku, Vegeta, even maybe, you know, Piccolo, Gogeta, Brawly. You can get those types of characters in an SPR, find cards for under 10 bucks, grade them for $15 a card, and you can turn them into 50-60 bills. And then your return is going to be anywhere from 10 to maybe 20, 30 bucks a pop. And that's stuff that you can do time and time again. Um, it's not hard to do. And this is a great example of like, you know, 
what you see me do often, right? I don't, I don't try, I don't try to just get the best card there is and great. Now, sometimes I do, you know, but I, I'm working with a bigger budget, but like for people just starting out, focus on getting base hits, learn what it's like, learn what it's like to profit $5. Because if you don't know how what it is to profit $5, you're never going to be able to profit $500. You got to scale it up. You need to scale yourself up. And uh, these, I mean, you could sell 20 of these. What's wrong with selling 20 slabs at $20 profit? That's 400 extra bucks you didn't have, right? Um, and I think that's the, the mindset more people who are just starting need to adopt. I think it's, it's less pressure on you as well, right? You buy an $8 card. You grade it for 15 bucks, you know, you're, you're $25 in, $23, $25 in. That's not a lot of mental stress to be like, oh my God, if I don't get a 10, I'm screwed. You're out 25 bucks, right? Go try again. Um, but I think, uh, I think this is a huge piece that people forget about. And Dragon Ball Super is a great, great way to kind of break in. Now, if you're not into Dragon Ball, I, I totally understand that that might not be an option for you. Um, but if you like all TCGs like me, you're working with, you're working with characters that have been around for 20, 30 years. That's one thing. You're working with a great franchise in Dragon Ball Super. You're working with um, great artwork. You're working with cards that have the highest gem mint rate besides like Weiss Wars. Um, and you're working with low cost. Right? There's not, there's not many. Check this out. There's not many Pokemon alts. There's not many Digimon alts that you can buy for $8 and turn into a $60 bill. However, in Dragon Ball, they're all over the place. You just got to do a little bit of research. So hopefully that helps you guys out. Uh, that's an update. Special rares. Don't sleep on your special rares for Dragon Ball Super. That is the moral of the story for the segment today. All right. Moving on to Excelsior. Here we go. Okay. So Excelsior is our segment on Marvel cards, um, Avengers, things like that. We're new to this. A few weeks back, we covered the 1966 Marvel Don Russ. Um, that was the first set that ever came out. It's a big deal. Um, and I still think, if, if you're just now starting out, you're just now starting out, I still think you should be hunting down those 1966 Marvel Don Russ. If you just, man... Look at baseball cards, look at football cards, look at basketball cards, look at Pokemon cards. Look at the look at the biggest trading card brands there are. All of the original sets for those cards are some of the most expensive cards you can get. That's why if you're starting fresh with Marvel, I highly highly recommend to go back to the original days 1966. Get yourself some copies of those cards. They're not going to grade well, right? They were like they look like newspaper almost. They're like they're very low quality prints. So you're going to get PSA fours. You're going to get PSA fives. You're going to get PSA sixes. However, in the vintage card world, we're talking about cards that have printed from the 1920s all the way to the 1950s, 1960s. There's a lot more leeway to have low grades on those old cards. So pay attention to that. I still think you should go back, even if you're listening right now, go look at 1966 Marvel Don Russ, put some stuff on your watch list, find your favorite character, and get moving. I think that is a ticking, 
clock and we may not have opportunity here soon. But anyways, what came after that? What came after the 1966 Marvel? That's what we're going to talk about today. All right. So this comes from medium.com, uh, the origin story of Marvel trading cards. Now we already talked about the 1966 Don Russ Marvel superheroes. So we're not going to touch on that. But what happened after that? Scrolling down here. You have the 1990 Impel Marvel Universe cards. After 1966, Marvel trading cards pretty much disappeared. That is until 1990. Historically, the 1990 Impel Marvel Universe set is one of the most important sets that exist. You follow me here? This was the set that initiated the convergence of the comic book industry and the card collecting industry together into one product at a time, when both comic books and trading cards were extremely popular. This is the staple set. If 1966 Don Russ isn't your cup of tea, you need to go 1990 Impel Marvel Universe. Start from the beginning. I know there's really cool modern stuff out. I know, I know, I know. There's lots of really nice artworks, and that's the thing with Marvel is, you know, if you have, you just, you get mesmerized by some of these artworks. Like, wow, it's a really cool card. That's what I want. That's fine. Collect what you like. But I'm, I'm saying if, if you get a new life, let's, let's, let's learn our lessons, right? Let's learn our lessons from sports cards and Pokemon and Digimon and Yu-Gi-Oh. We think about when we got back in the hobby, we're like, man, I wish I would have kept my old cards. You have a second life here with Marvel. You can just go back to the beginning and start up immediately. Start fresh. Do it right. <clears throat> so during the 1980s, sports cards had really taken off and comic books had been popular in their own right for quite some time as well. But with the emergence of the 1990 Impel set, the paths of these two worlds intersected. Many of the cards from this set are considered to be the first time many iconic characters appeared on all, on all cards. On cards at all. Whoa. So, sports card collectors will call them rookie cards, comic book, Marvel, TCG, right? You're going to call them first appearance. Same thing. Okay? First appearance. Despite the historical significance, cards from this set aren't necessarily worth that much nowadays. Just due to very high numbers of them that were printed. But there are some that are more highly sought, and if they're graded in a high grade, they can still be worth quite a lot. You saw that Wolverine hologram at the beginning of our uh, intro here. And that's what we're talking about. So the hologram cards from this set, the 1990 Impel set, those hologram holograms, which I've seen guys in our Discord have. Like, I think Chris has, like, the whole set. I think JT has a few. There's a couple guys in our Discord that have those holograms. Those cards, graded high, do very well. And those are the types of cards I would be going for. I wouldn't go for the base cards. I would be going for these holograms. They're very sought after. People love them. Marvel cards in the 1990s. The 1990s were really the heyday of Marvel card collecting. So, again, if, you're, if your 1966 is not your cup of tea, I would start going for the 1990 sets. The 1990 Impel set was the catalyst for a flood of Marvel cards during this decade. At the time, Marvel cards weren't usually as valuable as sports cards by and large, but the hobby of Marvel card collecting was very large. In this article, I'm going to only focus on two sets in the 1990s. All right. <clears throat> now, 
It is gradually becoming more common for Marvel cards from back at this time to be graded by collectors, something that hasn't been as common with Marvel cards as it has been with sports cards. So right here, this, what they're saying is people are actually starting to grade vintage Marvel, which is why I said you need to go back to 1966, secure some stock, then work your way up to 1990. Because as you can see here in this article, they're saying, you know, when, when sports cards blew up, Again, people went back to the vintage and started grading them. Now we're starting to finally see that with Marvel. So it's coming. It's just, it's just lagging a little bit behind, okay? All right. Let's see here. Oh, okay. So now the next set he's going to be talking about here is the 1992 Skybox Marvel Masterpieces. Marvel Masterpieces is pretty sweet. I don't think I have any of the 1992 cards. I think most of mine are the 94 masterpieces. Um, now, this set, uh, the next set from the 90s, worth mentioning, mentioning here is the 1992 Skybox Marvel Masterpieces set. For many, this 1992 release is considered to be a groundbreaking set that really brought the Marvel card game to a whole new level. So if you're not a fan of the old school comic book art, you might like the 92 uh, Skybox because it's going to have a more modern look to it. Prior to this set, Marvel cards usually consisted of images taken from previous comic books, and through, and through this set wasn't the very first to create its... Wow. And though this set wasn't the very first to create its own unique art, specifically tailored for the card itself, it was the only one that did so early on. And it also took off with collectors. This was the set that really set the Marvel card market on fire and created a ton of interest in the hobby. As such, it is considered to be extremely iconic and highly sought by many collectors. So there you go. I've laid down the blueprint. If you are starting your Marvel cards, I've laid down the blueprint. You go 1966 Don Russ, you go 1990 Impel, and you go 92 Skybox Marvel Masterpieces. Those should be, that should be your uh, Mount Rushmore of Marvel, vintage Marvel. Get that stuff first. Then start working your way up. It trickles downhill. Um, now, obviously, if you don't have any interest in this and you're like, no, I only really like this set, then that is always going to be the best answer. But for me, someone like me who's just like, I'll collect anything I like. I don't really have a preference as long as I like it or as long as I think uh, there's some value there. You know, it's highly collectible. Like if it makes sense, if it makes sense, I'm there. Um, so you will see me delving into the 1966 stuff you know i'll buy i like the iron man stuff so i'll probably be buying iron man cards um you know and i'll try and get the best possible copies i can because i think iron man's a great character um i think he's got a good story uh a huge future and i bet you you know there's more to iron man in the future so there you guys go that's what i want to talk about um you know we're still in the beginning phases for this marvel stuff uh, so we're treading lightly and we're just, you know, we're doing our due diligence and we're learning about the beginnings. Okay. And that is it for Marvel this week. Moving on. You guys see on the right, it says Jalen Hurts. What's going on? Let's check out some sports this week. We got to fix that sample. Someone fix a damn sample. All right. Jalen Hurts. Is Jalen Hurts underpriced? I say this on the week of the Super Bowl in which he's playing in. Um, 
I know a lot of you are just now starting out with your sports card stuff, but I, I've seen a huge, I'm seeing an opportunity here. And if you're a gambler, if you're a gambler like me, this might be something fun for you to test out. If you are not in the market to make some gambles, don't do this. Do not do this. But I think if you, if you like to have fun like me and you like to experiment, right? That's what I do. That's kind of how I figure things out is I just experiment. And it's like, if, it, if I get burned, so be it. So um, I have a handful of rookie quarterbacks that I've invested in. Um, and I have not invested in Jalen Hurts until recently. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but, you know, I have my staple, my staple QBs, right? Herbert, Lawrence, um, Burrow. Allen, Mahomes, basically your top five QBs in the NFL. Those are my guys. I will invest in those guys. Jalen Hurts, I think, is a top 10 QB, but I just, I'm not sold on his style just yet because we know that these types of quarterbacks, dual threats like this, they fizzle out. They fizzle out after, you know, three to seven years in the league. And then you have guys like Burrow that will be here for 15, 20 years. They just don't. These, these dual threats don't last as long. Now, the difference here, the difference is with Hertz is that he's not a pure dual threat. He can sit in the pocket and throw. As a matter of fact, he's like number 10. He's top 10 in passing yards this season. He's like top five in completion percentage at like 67 point something percent. And then he's, he is the number three quarterback for rushing stats. So he's not, he can do everything and he just uses his legs, you know, every here and there. So it's not like he's a pure dual threat and, and run first. He's not like Justin Fields, you know, he'll run when he needs to, but he's been smart. He's been fairly injury free. Um, and he's a top 10 quarterback according to the stats this year. Now I'm not an Eagles fan. I'm not the biggest Jalen Hurts fan, but I can say that he's pretty good. Um, and something that I've seen in the market over the last few weeks is no one really has any faith in Jalen Hurts. At least the eBay market doesn't. Like, if you go shop, if you go shop for Jalen Hurts, his rookie cards, let's say this like a silver hollow, uh, silver optic hollow, he's cheaper than any of the other quarterbacks I just listed. He's cheaper than Burrow. He's cheaper than Lawrence. He's cheaper than Herbert. And those guys are at home watching the Super Bowl this year. Now, don't get me wrong, they are better. I think they are better. I think they're more skilled. I think they're going to have longer careers. That's my opinion. But this guy's in the Super Bowl. The QB who's in the Super Bowl is cheaper than the QBs that are on the bench right now. So I got to thinking, I think he's underpriced. I think Jalen Hurts is underpriced. And there are still a few cards on the eBay market that I think are cheap. As a matter of fact, I got a pink Jalen Hurts rated rookie at SGC 10 for a hundred bucks, hundred bucks. My other, my other SGC 10 rookies of quarterbacks are four to five times the price of that. We're talking three, four, $500 bills for Lawrence's Burroughs, Herbert's. And this guy's playing in this. I bought it. I just bought it like a day ago. He's in the Super Bowl. What I'm thinking is that no one wants, no one thinks he's going to win. That's what I'm thinking. Because if you thought he was going to win, can you imagine how much, 
his card's going to go up if he wins. And they can win. I think the Eagles can beat the Chiefs. Chiefs are a little beat up. They're a little hurt. You know, they get two weeks rest, but Eagles, they got some firepower. And not only that, but they have a quarterback very similar to how Mahomes plays. So look at the stats here. Um, you know, I got, I, got a, I got a rated rookie for 100 bucks, and I got another rated rookie for 130 Two different rarities. I, one's a red and green um, hollow. One is a pink hollow. Um, same card, though. So I was like, let's gamble. So what I'm doing, what I'm actually experimenting is I'm going to go ahead, you know, I bought these cards, and we'll see how much the value goes up after the Super Bowl or how much it goes down after the Super Bowl. And, you know, it's only 200 bucks out of, out, of, off my, out, of my, out of my pocket. So I'm not like... The way I've seen it is I bought, his, I bought an SGC 10 for 100 bucks. We're talking a hollow-rated rookie. If he loses, I don't see it going down much more than that. If he wins, the upside is much higher. So I'm like, okay, if he loses, it might drop, it might drop to 90 bucks, 80 bucks. I'll just wait till next year. But if he wins, I have no idea what's gonna happen, right? So that's what I'm watching. That's what I'm experimenting with. If you want to gamble with me, take a look at this. These are the PSA 10 prices of the silver rated rookie for Jalen Hurts. You got 365 and 327. That was uh, yesterday, okay? Now, I know I said 100 bucks, but I didn't buy silver. I bought pink. I bought pink, and I bought red and green. Mine were extremely cheap. Um, so if you want to invest in pink or red and green, I would try and find stuff under 150 That's what I would go for. However, this is very short fuse. Like, maybe after tonight or tomorrow, these prices might start skyrocketing. Um, so you got the silver here, 365 and 327, which is still cheap. And this is what I'm talking about. Remember I said Herbert, Lawrence, Burrow, 300 400 $500. Check this out. Trevor Lawrence, same card, same rarity. Trevor Lawrence, silver optic rated rookie hollow, $510. Here's another sale. Trevor Lawrence, silver hollow. Rated rookie, $485. So this one is $120 to $130 and, you know, more than the Hertz. Even more. Jeez, Louise. We're talking $327 versus $485 and $365 versus $510. He's almost $200 more for a QB that's on the bench. Now, some of you probably are saying, well, I like, I like Lawrence more than Hertz. I think he's going to have a better career. That's the speculation. That's the premium you pay. I totally get it. This guy's in the Super Bowl. What's going to be, this is the question you have to ask yourself. What's going to be the price of this silver rated rookie for Hertz if he wins? 500, 600, 700? I don't know. Let's say he wins MVP. What happens then? Let's take a look at another player. Herbert, my favorite. This information comes from Card Ladder. Uh, if you guys haven't used it before, use it. Um, I use it. It's a good tool. Um, I don't pay for it either. I just use the free version. Um, but look at this. The average price, the average price for a silver rated rookie um, hollow of Herbert is $449. His current price is $429. That is $120 more 
than Hertz, who was in the Super Bowl. And I think Herbert's a better QB. Herbert has thrown for more yards, thrown more touchdowns, and has a higher completion percentage. So he's a better QB. But who's in the Super Bowl and who has a chance to win a Super Bowl? Hurts. That's why I think he's underpriced. Let's take a look at Burrow. Burrow. PSA 10. Silver rated rookie. Average price is $542. People are asking $700 for this card. Again, we're talking $200 to $400 more than Jalen Hurts, who's in the Super Bowl. He's a top 10 QB, top 5 completion percentage, and top 5 in rushing yards for QBs. He's right there. I mean, he's just outside of that top 5 tier. But what happens if he wins? And then what happens if he puts another consecutive season together? These are the things you got to ask yourself. And it's like, you may never see another $300 Jalen Hurts rated rookie. You may never see it again. Now, some of you are sports nuts. You'd be like, ah, Jalen Hurts will be, you know, here and gone by tomorrow. I totally get that. I'm with you. But when you can buy a, an SGC 10 hollow for 100 bucks, I'm going to take that gamble. So I, I'm at the slots this week. Um, that's my gamble. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing how it works out. Um, I guess I'm rooting for the Eagles. <laughs> I hate the Chiefs. Oh, God, I hate the Chiefs. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how we do. And I will share those results with you guys. I'm not afraid of losing either. You know what I mean? Like I said, I'm in 200 bucks. Who cares? You know what I mean? Um, I think he's good enough that I will be able to get my value back. I know that. Um, now, the question is, is I want to see what happens if he wins. What happens if he gets an MVP? And then, more importantly, you know, how do I turn that around? So that's what I'm doing. It's an experiment for me. I'm challenging myself. Because, you know, I, I've done the baby steps of sports cards. I'm, I, I like to make the bigger plays. Keeps me interested. It keeps me, you know, it's just fun. So um, that's what I'm looking at this week. I think Jalen Hurts is underpriced. And I think you should go on eBay. Like tonight. Go, you know, PSA 10, rated rookie, Jalen Hurts hollow. And try to find a pink, a green, a blue. I wouldn't go base. I wouldn't go base. It's the most common card you're going to get. Don't go base. Try to get a, a rarity higher than that. See what you can find. And then compare the prices and be like, look, this one's low. You know what I mean? Um, as a matter of fact, I think someone was trying to sell me. Someone was trying to sell me a 10 of this card for 230 bucks today. I almost pulled the trigger. But I was like, you know what? I already bought two slabs. I'm already in 200 bucks. Do I want to go in another 200? Probably not. Uh, but... Again, look at this. If these are selling for 360, 330, why wouldn't I buy at 230? You know what I mean? Uh, just me personally, I, I guess I'm not willing to invest that much in him. That's where that's where I stop. I'm like, hey, we already put 200 in on some decent rarity cards in a high grade. I'm happy. I'm content. I don't, I don't need more. Um, I guess I'm not being greedy is what is what I'm saying. Um, so someone else will probably steal it for 230, but it is what it is. And there you guys go. That's it for the sports this week. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. This is the type of stuff I'm always thinking about. Like, always. If I'm ignoring you, it's because I'm, I'm crunching numbers in my head, doing this type of stuff. I love it. So fun. All right. Moving on to Greasy's Gaming Corner. Here we go. <laughs> so, it's pretty clear that uh, 
the Nintendo 64 is probably the most popular console amongst all the guys in our Discord. You know, about 100 people. Um, so I wanted to go to Wada Games and check out. Well, I was like, you know, what's the most graded game they have over there? Zelda, the Ocarina of Time, is actually the highest graded game, most populated graded game they have um, at WADA, and it has a population of 226. Now, that population of 226 is actually broken up amongst four different variants of the game. So you have the Made in Japan edition, you have Made in Japan Collector's Edition, Made in Japan Collector's Edition Nintendo Employee Store Sticker. There's only one. That's freaking nuts. Um, you have Made in Japan Player's Choice. 13 copies of those. So um, the most common one is going to be the Made in Japan Collector's Edition with 129 copies. But that's it. It has a graded population of 226. And when you think about trading cards, you can have one card with a graded population of 226. So that just shows you how freaking scarce video games were. Um, the production, I mean, it probably costs way more to make a video game than it does the trading card. I think that's pretty common sense. Uh, but I wanted to look at this because, you know, I haven't been diving into trading card or uh, video games as much as I'd like to. It's because I got, I'm doing all kinds of other things, but I wanted to see like how possible is it to actually find one of these games out in the wild and grade it and, and make a turnaround on it. So I just kind of wanted to use today's segment to look at the numbers and figure out what we got going on. Here are some sold sales of Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. These are sealed, so they're going to be a little bit more. Um, I'm not sure. You see one sale at the bottom for $1,000. There was only one bid, though. So I'm not sure if that actually sold. But we do have another more recent sale uh, that's had 19 bidders on it, and that was $611 plus $10 shipping. So that seems pretty realistic. That was a sealed copy of Legend of Ocarina, um, original plastic, all that stuff. So that's pretty cool. And I thought, that's not that bad at all. But it's also the only sale I've seen in months. So it kind of seems like it's hard to even find these dang things. Um, so I'm like, how does someone get into this? You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. Like, you can't, you're not going to be able to buy 20 copies of Zelda. You just won't find them. And if you do, it's going to take you years. So it's like, you might get one or two copies a year. Uh, and that's what, what kind of makes me think, like, I think if you're getting into video games to specifically grade them, I think the play is just simply investing in graded video games. You just buy the game graded. You're paying the person, you're basically paying that person to go find out, go find the best copy, grade it for you, and then you pay them. And then you're betting that it will increase over time. So that's why I think it's so important to pick franchises and video games that are actually liked. Um, because if you don't, you're sitting on a, on a turd. Uh, I think Zelda's a great one, though. I think, I think if you're going to put a couple thousand dollars into a video game, this is one to do it on. Here's some graded sales of the game. This is nuts. So February 6th, someone bought a 9.4 um, water grade for 4170 Like, what are the chances you're going to go find a 9.4 B-plus sealed uh, Zelda? 
like out in the wild, not graded, you're probably not going to find one. So that's where I think like, if you have the money, I think you just go for that. You just buy that and then you sit on it. And in 10 years, you know, or five years, these are long-term buys. I think video games is a much slower game. I don't think it's a, it's a turn and burn business. I don't. The, that's kind of why I, w- I wanted to look at this because I was like, I just don't understand how you make this work. It seems like it's turtle slow. Um, you have four sales since December 8th. That's it. Now, there could be other games that sell more. I get that. But, when, but this is the game that's graded the most. There are 226 copies out there, and you only have four sales since December 8th. So what does that tell you about games that only have a population of 10? You might only see a sale once a year, maybe. It's crazy. The Legend of uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time, let's see, um, 9.4 with an A++ seal, sold for $7,623. That's nuts. You got, um, looks like a six point something. I can't see the grade, uh, six point something for $2,000. And then you got a 6.5 that sold for $24.99. And that's where I'm thinking like, what do you think this guy right here, this guy who bought a game for $611 sealed, what do you think he's going to get? Like, what are the chances that that thing is mint? What are the chances that that thing's even a six? And that's where I'm thinking like, you know, me, I would be totally fine buying a uh, 6.5 water grade. I would. I will buy a 6.5 with an 8. Like, this is, what, this is the lesson that I learned from Ryan. When we talked to Cool Trainer Ryan, he was like, look, you want to go for the high seal grade. So, decent grade, you know, you can get a 6 or a 7, but try to get the highest seal grade. Um, you want the best seal possible, A plus, A's. I think that's how you do it. And I, I think... You, you buy this $2,500 Zelda game, it's, it's an asset at that point, right? This is not little kid, you know, video games. This is, you're buying an asset and you're believing in that product. You, do, you did your research, you're like, I believe in Zelda for the long term. I think next year its price will be up this amount. I think the year after it'll be up this amount. And I think when I'm ready to get rid of this thing and change ownership in a few years, I think will have gained significant value. That's what you're, you're believing it. You're buying in pure speculation because there's just not enough sales info to really know if that's true or not. Like I said, this is the highest graded game at WADA. It has the highest population, yet we only have four sales since December. Three months, three months, four sales. You're averaging basically one sale a month. Crazy stuff. Um, and and that, that's where it made me think like this, you know, we always say like slow and steady wins the race with trading cards. No, this is slow. Um, and like with my Halo game, I love that. I love my Halo 2 limited collector's edition. I love it. But that's, I've only bought one game in the last six months. And that's kind of the pace I think you go with, with video games. Pick one up here, pick one up there. In a few years, you might have a couple dozen. That's it. You know, it's not going to be like cards where you're like, ah, six months, I got 500 slabs. Ain't going to be like that. Uh, unless you're working with a much bigger capital. Um, but I just don't see it happening. All right. Is that it? Oh, here we go. Here was another copy here. This is a 5.5. 5.5 sealed A uh, for $665. Now, why did I show this one last? 
excuse me. The reason I shared this one last is because look at the price. 665 for a graded, well, 5.5 with a seal of an A. You go back and you can take a chance on this sealed copy for 611. But what are the chances that you even grade a 5.5? And then what are the chances that you actually get an A on the seal? I think those risks are too, too high for me to put $1,000, $611 into an asset. I would have to say, mm, I'm just going to pay someone up front for finding me a copy that's already graded. Um, and I would, this is where it seems acceptable. I would totally buy a 5.5 sealed A for 665 because now the guessing work is over. I don't have to guess what the grade of this game is that I paid $600 for. I don't have to guess. I don't have to take that chance in shipping. I don't have to do any of that. I just buy the water graded 5.5 with a seal of an A for 665. Done. And you sit on it. You wait. And when you're ready to change ownership, you hope that it gains value. And I think that Zelda is a strong franchise. I think the fact that the, it's the highest graded game at WADA for N64 tells you that this has a very promising future. Okay, that's it for the gaming corner. We're moving on to Gengar's Grabs this week. Here we go. All right, Gengar's Grabs. This is our segment all about you guys. It's our last segment of the night. Um, this is where we talk about the cards that you guys bought during the week. I rank them in my top five. Um, it could be based on you know how creative, how cool, how different, how unique. Could have a cool story, or it could just be flat out rare and expensive. It really just depends, and uh, you can join Gengar's Grabs by joining our Discord. When you do that, you just share what you buy every week, and then we check it out. Here we go. Number five this week, we're going with Mayor of Penn Island. That's Chris, if you guys don't know. He changed his name once again. He's been collecting the comic books, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, the cool thing about this is that he said that this comic book um, has different variants. So there's different colors. And I want to say that today he also posted a green variant. So he has like a green variant. He has a red variant. It's the same comic, just different color, I guess. Um, that's pretty cool. I think that's cool. I don't know anything about comics, but I like when you guys share what you guys are doing. Um, I think it influences other people. I think uh, you're planting a seed, you know, that, that, that may help someone else figure out what they want to do. Um, so that's, I think it's just cool. I think it's different. Number four this week, going with Looped, a.k.a. Nasty Nate. He's got an original uh, Nintendo, an NES right here. I guess his girlfriend um, had this boxed up like, at her house. Um, it's got, he's, it is, it's complete in box. It's not sealed, but you got Super Mario 3 and you got Super Mario 2 um, complete. All parts, all booklets, everything. And the boxes look great. They look like super mint condition. Um, Nate, I don't know what you're doing with that. I don't know if you're just playing them or what, but like, if that was me, I'd be I'd be trying to convince I'd be trying to convince her like, hey, we should get these water graded. Like, you, you, even if it's CIB, it may not be sealed. It's it's complete in box. I would still send those off because those are iconic games, and those boxes look like they're in great shape. So I would protect I would protect them. With a solid grade, and a you know, it, encase them, and uh, they would, yeah, 
you you are preserving history at that point. Those are really nice, very clean. Um, you just don't we don't see the vintage video games like that. Like that looks almost brand new. <clears throat> All right, number three this week. CT with the MLC pose. This is pretty cool. Um, he actually had another PSA 10 sports card. Um, I believe it was a Joe Burrow rookie, which is good. Um, but this is a Gronk. It's a got game insert, and it's numbered to 25. So I thought that was sweet. Um, he kind he followed all the he followed all the all the things that we've talked about in the sports card section so far, right? Good player. You got a you got a good rarity, and it's serial numbered to 25. So you've locked in, you've locked in something, right? Like there are only 25 copies of these. Not only that, but I, it's Gronk. Not only that, it's PSA 10. Lots of good stuff. Um, and then, you know, he also kind of shared that he's got a story. Like, he uh, he has a plan. He shared that he has a plan where, like, he's spending 80 to 100 bucks a month on slabs. Doesn't matter what it is. He's going to find something, 80 to 100 bucks. If it's something he really likes, he stretches it out towards that $100 buffer. And he gets it. But um, he said he's working on quality. He's working on, you know, high grades. He's he's hitting all the boxes. Um, and I think I think he's gonna have an, a much nicer collection because of it. Number two this week. We got Shadow 209. So this is a newer member in the Discord. Doesn't doesn't post too much, but he did say um he just got a PSA sub back and he was not expecting a PSA 10 Blissey. Um that's a prime, I believe. Blissey Prime. Uh, from Heart Gold, Soul Silver. It's a first edition Japanese. This it's a PSA 10. That's what was nuts to me. Um, it's like, yeah, if you're gonna get an unexpected 10 from PSA, that's probably gonna be like one of the cards you want to get. Um, we don't see hardly any Heart Gold, Soul Silver in the Discord. We don't see first edition, and we don't see PSA 10 a lot. So like, those things combined, that's a great looking card. Those are really hard to grade, by the way, with the foil and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. Solid, solid grade, and uh, congrats on that. Number one this week. Number one. I'm going with ATM all the way from Canada. Now, he was a little upset. It kind of sounded like he got the MLC, by the way, too. Brownie points. Um, He was a little, I guess, underwhelmed that he got a nine on the Gohan. Um, But still, that's a $330 card raw right now uh and i think i think it's going to be a solid dragon ball card it just has all the ingredients to be a good dragon ball card in the future um i don't think the pops are going to get too high on this thing and i think we're going to be talking about it you know next year i think there are things that are going to happen in the dragon ball world that's going to bring attention back to this card um so i think that was the most expensive like most rare card we had in the grabs tab this week and also the most relevant right we've been talking about this card a lot and someone grabbed one, so I mean, kudos to him. It's a great looking card, and uh, look at the spread back there too. Look at all those slabs behind him. Looks great. It's always about presentation, guys. You guys look behind me like, you know, collectibles, all that stuff. It's make it look cool. It's all about how you package it, right? You make it look nice. It looks, it just stands out. Um, so always, always put your stuff in the best light. Make it look good. Make it look presentable. Because that, that's it's showmanship, right? That's what you do. You go to a card show. You want your stuff looking nice. You, you have your friends look at your collection. You're like, bam, look at that. They're like, whoa, that's, that's some good stuff right there. 
That's what you want to do. Okay. Um, so there you guys go. That's our top five this week. Again, diverse spread. We got comics. We got video games, vintage video games. We got sports. We got vintage Pokemon and we got modern Dragon Ball. Good spread this week. All right. And that sums it up for episode 121 of the Poke Tower podcast. Make sure you guys like, share, subscribe, hit the like button. I'm getting too many views, not enough likes. Hook me up. Join our Discord because it's absolutely free. You can click the links in any of our videos or send me an email at the Podcast at gmail.com. I'll get you in. Lastly, if you like the podcast that much, you can support the podcast by clicking the link that says support this podcast. When you do that, you can donate as little as 99 cents a month. Helps me keep the lights on around here. All right, that's it for episode 121 of the podcast. I will see you guys in the Discord. If I don't see you there, I'll see you next Tuesday. Peace.